So two and a half years ago, uh, I had one of like the worst days of my life. What happened is we took a short-term mission trip to Teen Challenge, New Jersey. It was a couple of you guys were there. Does anybody remember that? I got a picture. You could show that picture, Bex. This is uh, Teen Challenge, New Jersey, 2016. So a couple of you guys are in that. Look at those babies up there. Some of those. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we, we went to Teen Challenge. It's a drug at, uh, rehabilitation center. And we volunteered. We did some stuff. It was a really great trip. But if you remember, we came back. Sunday night, and that was miserable. Okay, that was one of the worst nights of my life. I got sick. Okay, everyone on the trip got sick. So we thought, at first, we thought it was food poisoning because everyone was throwing up Sunday night. It was like I found out the next day. It was terrible. I was sick. Rebecca was sick and throwing up. Okay, but it didn't make sense for it to be food poisoning because Johnny, who came on the trip, he refused to eat anything that we ate. He had like mac and cheese and apples, but he got sick. But there was one leader on the trip who ate everything we ate but didn't get sick. So we're like, it can't be food poisoning. So we, I decided it had to be a stomach virus. Everyone caught it at the same time. And um, me and Zoe were the only two people who didn't throw up. Rebecca said it was out of sheer willpower that I didn't puke. That's what she said. I just decided I couldn't do it. But I was so sick. Pastor Tim is texting me. His wife, Erica, is a nurse. So she's like, okay, uh, uh, no, if this is what you're feeling. This is what you need to do. You got to drink Gatorade. You got to put this. You got to get this medicine, right? So she's like giving me recommendations for like your stomach and stuff. So I was so sick. And at that time, he lived like right by me. I was texting him. I was like, Pastor Tim, can you like, please? I was like, can you go to the store and get it for me? And he's like, I knew you must have been really sick. I literally, like Rebecca was sitting on the couch like dead. I was just sitting flat on the bed like, oh, like I could not move. I didn't want to look at anything. It was like the worst thing ever. And so uh, it went away. And uh, yeah, but here's what kind of why I bring it up. It's probably the sickest I've been in like my adult life. It was awful. I bring it up because of this. I was totally fine. We had a great time together, but as soon as I had this stomach virus, it totally changed me. I couldn't even, like, leave my apartment until I got rid of this virus because I was, like, so sick and disgusting. And there's actually something in our lives that can invade our lives the same way as that stomach virus. It can totally change who you are. It can change what you're able to do. And it's what I want to talk about tonight. It's called... If the answer was Jesus, that would be, like, really depressing. If, like, after everything you've learned in youth group, you think Jesus makes your life worse and makes you throw up, that's awful. Okay, it's not drugs, although that could do that to you. Here's what I, yeah, our series is subject to change. And, again, we're going through Joseph's life. So here's the last thing we're talking about tonight, and it's the virus that I think can affect your life. It's unforgiveness unforgiveness. Maybe you've heard about this before. Maybe you've talked about it in church. Maybe it's new to you. Unforgiveness has the potential to make you sick. Unforgiveness, it's when you simply don't forgive somebody else. It's like that feeling that you have. You're mad at somebody. You're frustrated. Maybe they made you upset. And instead of making it right with that person, you just kind of ignore it, kind of forget about it. You let it go, but you never deal with it. And now anytime it comes up, there's something wrong with you. You feel a little bit sick inside. I mean, maybe it's just somebody in your class that's giving you a hard time. Maybe it was a couple years ago. Maybe it was back in sixth grade, back in seventh grade. But every time you see that person, like you get sick, you hate them, you don't want to, you don't want to talk to them, you can only say bad things about them. It's like there's some unforgiveness there. Maybe it's like a relationship. Maybe there was a girlfriend or a boyfriend that you used to go out with and now you guys broke up, but they talk bad about you. They posted about you all over with all their friends. 
And so you kind of have some unforgiveness in that area with that person. Like every time you think of them, like you're angry, like, man, I wish I could do something to them. I wish I could get back to them. Maybe it's even more serious. Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's like a parent like left, maybe your dad like left your mom or something and, and you really haven't been able to deal with that. And there's some unforgiveness. Every time you think about them, like you just kind of get this sick feeling inside. Like you don't feel good and you don't want to deal with it. You don't want to think about them. It's unforgiveness. You guys all right over there? You like thinking about all these people? As I'm like listing names, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I can relate. Like eight people on my list. Okay, it's okay. All right. Here's the deal. I want to talk about this because we've been reading through the life of Joseph. And this is kind of like the next chapter of his life. And, and here's the thing. I wanted to actually, I was going to not read this. I was going to skip over this because so far in Joseph's story, um, there's been like, it's been really clear. Like, can somebody give me a summary of Joseph? Like, what's happened so far? What's happened in Joseph's life? Give me something. Anything? You remember something? He, he, he was a favorite. Oh, gosh. He was a favorite oh, son. And, Wait, I, I and he know. always had dreams that he was going to be a king. And the one day his brothers messed up and they kind of sold him as a slave. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, favorite son. He had a coat. They threw him in a pit. Went to Right. That's right. Interpreted dreams in the jail. That's right. So, here's what's cool. <clears throat> Here's what's, here's what's interesting about Joseph's life. All right, everybody. Here's what I need you to do. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so excited to learn tonight. Okay, and I can pay attention. Use your positive energy. And let's read this story together, okay? Is everybody, can you do that? Can you do that? So here's what's interesting about tonight and why I need all of your help, okay? Guys, girls, okay, do we have a problem? Do I need to start calling people out? Because, like, I feel like nobody is paying attention, okay? So I'm, like, looking at a lot of, like, multiple people. Okay, how about this? Keep it to yourself, okay? I, I've been asking you to participate, and then people are, like, ignoring me. In the back, we got a problem over there, okay? Can you just, like, pay attention for maybe, like, 10 minutes or so? It's probably all we got, 10 minutes, and then... Is that good? Can you handle that? Okay, you guys good? All right. Awesome. What I'm going to ask for, I'm going to ask you guys to help me as we read this story, because here's why. So far, all of the stories we read, really clear life lesson. Oh, Joseph's in prison. He interprets the dreams. Oh, God was with him. Like, the Bible tells us that. This next part, it's not very clear. It doesn't tell you who's a good example and who's a bad example, what the life lesson is. It doesn't say the Bible just kind of reports what happens, and it's up to us, everybody who's in the room right now as we read it, we have to decide what are we supposed to learn about it. It's written for us to learn, but it doesn't really explicitly say it. We have to break it down. So here's what I want us to do is this. Girls, as we read the story, we're going to read like sections of the story. I want you to pay attention to Joseph's brothers, okay? The story kind of comes full circle. His brothers are part of this, and I need you to pay attention, okay? We're talking about unforgiveness, and there's like a bunch of names, so you don't have to remember any of them. Uh, we're talking about unforgiveness and how unforgiveness can make you sick, right? Unforgiveness can keep you from being who God wants you to be. Boys in the room, boys, look at me. Boys, I want you to pay attention. Wait, 
I want you to pay attention to Joseph's brothers. I forgot who I assigned this to. I want you to pay attention to Joseph's brothers. Okay, so you can pay attention to their names too. Pay attention to Joseph's brothers. I want you to see how unforgiveness has affected them, okay? Can you handle that? Okay, so pay attention. I'm going to ask you questions after the story. Girls, I'm sorry. I want you to pay attention to Joseph. Sorry, I forgot. I forgot that was my actual, ta- uh, that was what I wanted. So here, here's the deal, right? Joseph, he, now he's spoken to Pharaoh. Now he's like VP of Egypt, okay? Joseph's living his best life now. Here's how, here's how happy Joseph is in his life before we read. He has a kid, names his kid Manasseh. Anyone know what that means? No, I'm sure you don't. It sounds like, it sounds like the Hebrew word for forget. So literally, Joseph is so happy. His life is so good. He names his kid something that sounds like forget because he's like, I kind of forgot all my like sucky life problems. Like everything's so much better. That's how like he's living his best life now. But we know God's been moving in Joseph's life, but God is trying to do something in Joseph's heart now. He still has to deal with unforgiveness that's in Joseph's heart. And so I want you to pay attention. This is the last kind of uh, story beat in Joseph's life. So it's Genesis chapter 42. We're gonna start in verse six. Here's what it says. I'll read it for now. Maybe you can read it later, maybe. You can read it on the screen. Is it going to be on the screen? Yeah, there it is. Okay, so read it. I know it's, it's behind a castle, so hopefully it'll get you in the mood, okay? Since Joseph was governor over all Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all the people, it was to him that, who came? His brothers. Boys, that means you got to, okay, his brothers. All right, thank you. His brothers came. When they arrived, they bowed down before them with their faces to the ground. Joseph, girls, pay attention Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where are you from, he demanded. From the land of Canaan, they replied. We've come to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him. And he remembered the dreams he'd had about them many years before. He said to them, you are spies. You've come to see how vulnerable our land has become. No, my Lord, they exclaimed. Your servants have simply come to buy food. We're all brothers, members of the same family. We're honest men, sir. We're not spies. They're all brothers. brothers. Yes, that's right. So remember, Joseph, he's in command of Egypt now. Remember, seven years of plenty. You're right over there? You're paying attention, right? Okay, okay, right? Thank you. Seven years of plenty, and then seven seven years of a famine. So it's the middle of a famine. His brothers have come from another land to buy food. So, um... Joseph, he kind of questions them. He's like, oh, so your brothers are the same family? He asks them like weird questions. He's like, what's your father's name? And is he still alive because they don't recognize him? Girls, Joseph, okay. Does it sound like he has forgiveness or unforgiveness in his heart? Unforgiveness in his heart. Why? Why does it sound that way? But what, what did we read? Yeah, right? You, if it was me, yeah. If somebody sold me into slavery, I'd still be probably struggling with some forgiveness. But he acted like he didn't know them, and he spoke harshly to them, right? He was a jerk, okay? Now, boys, hold on. I'm going to ask you a question. I want to read this next part of the story, okay? Verse uh, 21. What happens is, like, Joseph kind of tells them, I'll sell you food, but first you need to bring back another brother. Like, Joseph finds out he's got a younger, a new younger brother now. Like, you know, this is, like, years later. And so he's like, what? I got a new younger brother. His name's Benjamin. So he's like, okay, you got to bring Benjamin back here to prove to me that you're not a spy, and then I'll sell you food. So his brothers are going back, and here's what they say. Boys, pay attention. Speaking amongst themselves, they said, clearly we're being punished because of what we did to Joseph long ago. We saw his anguish when he pleaded for his life, but we wouldn't listen. That's why we're in this trouble. So the boys are talking about that. They're saying they're feeling guilty. Boys, what are they guilty over? 
sending Joseph away, selling him into slavery. Why do you think that they still feel guilty over it? But, but why would they continue to feel guilty? Like, ah, oh, that was a couple years ago. Because what? They still think he's a slave. They're like, it's terrible what we did. They feel anguish over it. They feel guilty. And now they think maybe God is punishing him for it. Later, if you keep reading the story, they, they like kind of think it's karma. They're like, well, we sold our brother into slavery. Now God is like, now he hates us and he punishes us. So here's kind of what I think is important. Girls, you pointed out, Joseph still has unforgiveness. He hasn't forgiven his brothers. Who would blame the guy, right? If, so, if my brother sold me into slavery, I don't know if I'd ever forgive that guy, okay? But here's what I think is interesting. Boys, the, Joseph's brothers, they are still struggling with unforgiveness as well. They've committed a horrible sin in their past, but they have never dealt with it. They never admitted it to anybody. They never told their father. They just covered it up. You've heard about forgive and forget, right? I feel like that's kind of what they tried to do. Oh, forgive and forget. We're saying like forgiveness, it can make you sick. It's like drinking a poison, expecting the other person to die. It doesn't work. Forgive and forget. That's what Joseph tried to do. He was like, oh, I forgot all my problems. I'll name my kid Manasseh. It means forget because like my life's great. But as soon as he sees his brothers, all of a sudden it's back. All of a sudden all that anger is back. And his brothers... They don't even know they're talking to Joseph, but it's still eating them up inside. It's like they're sick. It's like unforgiveness. They haven't experienced forgiveness. Joseph hasn't extended any forgiveness, and his brothers haven't received any forgiveness. And so, man, I don't know about you. I have felt that way before, too. I felt guilty about something. I feel like I've committed a sin. God, I'm like, I feel so guilty about it. But until you own up to it and you ask God to forgive you, man, God wants to forgive you and he wants to make you a new person, but you've got to ask him and receive that forgiveness. And so eventually Joseph's brothers, they bring Benjamin, the youngest brother back because they need some more food. But Joseph, he's playing a mind game with them. He's like, he wants to mess with them, which again, if it was me, I would do the same thing. So he kind of invites them over to like this dinner party and he sits them in his house. He sits them all in age order. So he's like, hey, you, uh, can you sit here? And can you sit over here? And he makes them all sit in the appropriate age order. So they're like, who the crap is this guy? Like, he like, knows all of our ages. Like, that's really creepy. Because, they, again, they still don't know who he is. And then he kind of comes up uh, with this plot. It's called, like, I call it the sack plot. Right? So look at your neighbor and say the sack plot. Okay, so play ten- pay attention. Here's what happens, okay? So I brought this from home. <clears throat> Does anyone know what this is? Of course, it's a coffee cup. Okay, so this is my silver cup. What it says on here, can you read this for me, Zach? I asked Zach to read it for me. Okay, can you control yourself? You can hold it. And Zach, can you read it for me? Are you able to read it? Okay, does somebody else want to give it a chance? Shot? Okay, Reese, can you read it? District 827. Barista, oh, barista champion 2017. That's right, guys. Your youth pastor was the barista champion for 2017 at Starbucks. Give it up. Thank you. Thank you. And this is my silver cup that I got. I actually got another one, too, but I only brought this one, okay? Yeah, it might as well be gold, right? No, it's, this is my silver cup. So what happens is Joseph, he had a cup just like this. He may have been his barista champion of uh, 3000 BC. So what happened is, he takes his personal silver cup. He, t- he goes to his servant. He's like, hey, take my silver cup, and I want you to hide it in Benjamin's sack, like the youngest brother. Remember, they don't know who he is. So I got it right here. Well, this is my sack. So Joseph's like, put it in Benjamin's sack because I want to frame him. I want to see what happens. 
I want to see what the older brothers do when they find out that Ben, it looks like Benjamin stole the cup. He wants to see how they react. So he has this whole plot. So here's what happens. And uh, here's what I find interesting, right? Joseph spoke harshly, came up with this plot. Joseph isn't really acting like himself, right? I mean, the whole story that we've read so far, Joseph's been like a model guy. He's been like, yeah, even though he's in prison, he's been a really upstanding kind of individual. He's like trusting God. He's like been a role model for us. But you notice he's acting all weird. And that's what I'm saying. The Bible doesn't say he's acting weird. Like you just kind of notice it. And again, it's because I think he has unforgiveness in his heart. So here's what it says. Genesis 44, verse 11. They all quickly took their sacks from their backs of their donkeys and opened them. Let's see. Palace manager searched the brother's sacks from the oldest to the youngest, and the cup was found. I found it. The cup was found in Benjamin's sack. When the brothers saw this, they tore their clothing in despair. Nobody did that. That's just a phrase. Okay, just means that they freaked out. Please, boys. Okay, Hudson, keep your shirt on. Okay, thank you. Okay, they tore their clothing in despair. They loaded their donkeys again. They returned to the city. Judah, one of the brothers, answered. Are we still thinking about taking our clothes off? Okay, let's just uh, put it together. I'm just making a joke, everybody. I'm just trying to keep the story interesting. All right, keep focusing, focus in. Judah answered, oh, my Lord, what can we say? How can we explain this? How can we prove our innocence? God is punishing us for our sins. My Lord, we have all returned to be your slaves, all of us, just not our brother who had the cup in his sack. Guys, why, why do they think they're being punished? Why? He just said it. Why? Because they stole, but they said something else. Karma, right? They think it's like, this is all the way back from when we sold Joseph. That's why it's happening, this guilt. They can't get away from it. That has nothing to do with it. It's because of the cup, but they think it's because of that. They're still living in unforgiveness. Joseph says, no, Joseph said, I would never do such a thing. Only the man who stole my cup will be the slave. The rest of you can go to your father in peace. Joseph, he's being a real jerk right now. Girls, does it sound like Joseph has forgiveness or unforgiveness? Unforgiveness. unforgiveness. Guy, he, he's being a jerk, right? Just like, just like me with the stomach virus. It's making him sick inside. Zach, are you okay? You to move? You can sit there. Thank you. Awesome. We're almost done. You guys doing okay? We're almost done. We're wrapping up here. You got a question? Right, He's, he doesn't even know him, so right? Why is he doing it? And again, the Bible's not telling us. I think it's because he's trying to see, did his brothers change? Did his brothers do anything different? And so here's, yeah, so let's read this next verse. This is one of um, Joseph's brothers, Judah, he's speaking. So please, my Lord, let me stay here as a slave instead of the boy. Let the boy return with his brothers. For how can I return to my father if the boy's not with me? I couldn't bear to see the anguish it would cause my father. And here's where the story changes. Again, the Bible, up every point, part of Joseph's life, it kind of tells us what you're supposed to learn. It tells us God is with them. You guys okay? Can you keep your hands to yourself? Can you pay attention? Thank you. This part of the story, the Bible's not telling us, but if you pay attention, this is like the climax. The entire story has been building to this. Joseph sold into slavery by his brothers, then he's like in prison, but God uses him. And now it's come full circle. His brothers have come. And this is the moment where Joseph changes. He sees that his brothers are willing to become slaves. They're willing to lay down their lives for the youngest brother. He realizes that they're, they've changed, that they have love. And so 
remember everything that God has done. He's been trying to use Joseph in a great way, but now God is trying to reach Joseph's heart, and we finally see it happen. And so this is Genesis chapter 45. Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him, and word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize Joseph was standing right right there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. He said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. So girls, what do you think? Is Joseph, has he, is he in unforgiveness or is he in forgiveness? Forgiveness. Wow, it sounds like he has changed. He's understood that God has had a plan all this time and it helps him to forgive. Right? He's finally learned to extend forgiveness. Unforgiveness, not forgiving somebody, it can, it can make you become somebody that God never wanted you to be. It can keep you from becoming the person that God wants you to be. But Joseph was able to experience that freeing power. If you finish the story, Pharaoh finds out about all this. He's like, wait a minute, you got a bunch of brothers? They sold you into slavery? You're like, what happened? He's like, wait, this is great. You guys are making up? Awesome. He's like, tell your whole family to move to Egypt. It's going to be great. Give them the best land. It's called the land of Goshen. And it kind of, if you know the story of Moses, kind of sets it up for a couple hundred years after this. It's like, they, yeah, that's what happens. They live and they move into the kingdom. There's a bunch of people in his family. So it's cool. Then his father, Jacob, comes. It's like really nice. And it's like a really happy ending sort of idea. And it's a really happy ending of the story. Now, Jacob, his father, he dies after a few years of living in Egypt. It's like really great. They all kind of made up. But here's kind of the last thing I want to read, and I want to see, boys, I want you to pay attention to this. I want to see if you can point it out. This is the last part that we're reading, okay? You got it, right? This is the last part that we're reading. Joseph reflects on his story. Again, the Bible doesn't tell us what the lesson is, but here Joseph kind of tells us what the lesson is. Our series has been subject to change. We said, like, our life can change. What can we do? Um, So Joseph kind of says something in particular that kind of wraps up this whole series. So here's what it says, Genesis 50. After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who accompanied him to, uh, to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. Uh, Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you for their sin is treating, uh, treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of God and of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. But when Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we're your slaves, he said. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Don't be afraid. I'll continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. So girls, did it sound like Joseph, did he really forgive his brothers? Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of a trick question with my tone. Yeah, he did. He really forgave them. Boys, what did Joseph say? What was the sentence that I just read? He kind of summed up the series. It was all God's plan. What were you going to say, Hudson? Yeah, he was like, you guys tried to hurt me, but God actually had a different plan. And so here's like the walkway point for tonight. Here's like what I need you guys to remember. 
is that when life changes, God may be trying to change you. When life changes, God may be trying to change you. Look at your neighbor and say the walkway point. One, two, three. When life changes, God may be trying to change you. That's right. When life changes, God may be trying to change you. All right, I'll just stop right there. I think we're good. Okay. Does that sound good? Did you guys? <laughs> All right, okay. All right, cool. We're going to go to small groups. Does that sound like a plan? Raise your hand if you want to do small groups. Raise your hand if you want me to keep preaching. If that's you, Josiah, you're just being funny. All right, let me pray for you guys, and we'll go to small groups. Does that sound like a plan? Okay, let me pray for you guys really fast. All right, can you put your seat back? Thank you. Let me pray. God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your love. God, thank you for the good news of your word, Lord. Thank you that even though life changes, God, it's out of our control sometimes, we can still trust you, Lord. And just like our walkway point, man, when, when life changes, God, maybe you're trying to change us. That's what we see in Joseph's story, Lord God, that you were trying to change Joseph's heart. You used him in this wonderful way in Egypt, and wow, so cool. But you still were trying to change Joseph's heart. And God, man, unforgiveness, it can be like a sickness. Like I was saying in that story in the beginning, it, it can eat us up inside. That's what we saw in Joseph's brother's life. And even in Joseph's life, it made him into somebody that you never wanted him to be. But God, you, when life changes, maybe you're trying to change us on the inside, God. So help us today as we talk this out in small group, Lord God, I pray that your presence would be, uh, would be with us, God, in your name. Amen.